We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings.com, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Use the promo code ROTOHOOPS when you deposit for a free contest entry today. It is December 2nd, 2015. I'm DJ Trainer, finally joined by Josh Hayes. You can find Josh on Twitter, at Josh Hayes FS, and you can find myself on Twitter, at TrainerDJ. Josh, uh, second baby. You have two little girls now. Now, yes. if uh, let me remind you and everyone else listening out there, a couple weeks ago, very similar situation where Charlie Villanueva left his team on short notice to attend the birth of his second child. Mm-hmm. And I asked you if that was going to happen, and you said it wouldn't be a problem. Turns out the exact same thing happened where your wife went into labor the morning before, so exactly a week ago, and you just left me high and dry, ended up having to do with the podcast with Nick Whalen, and I just want to know why you're a liar. <laughs> wow, just come right out with it. You know, <laughs> just like, I thought it was like going to be like, hey, congratulations on your new kid. You know, we, we, we held down the fort. We missed you. You're like, why are you a liar? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I have no answer for that. I was on the bench, okay, saddled with, um, you know, an hour and a half sleep at a time and, and diapers. So um, if you're not um, on that program yet, I can't wait for you to feel the pain. Okay. All right. All right. Um, all right, all right. And, but it, aside from that, yeah, um, sorry, bro. I didn't know. I mean, we had a scheduled C-section and it just didn't happen. So uh, there you have that. Sometimes... You know, Charlie Villanueva goes off for, you know, 30 points, and sometimes he doesn't play. That's that's just how I am, too. I guess I'm the Charlie Villanueva of this podcast. That is the fairest comparison that's ever been laid down on this podcast. Well, anyways, Josh, no, in, in all seriousness, very happy for you. Glad everything went well. Um, 
Too little, too late. Too little, too late. Okay, fair enough. We're just not going to ever be the same. Um, (laughs) Just in case you're wondering, this podcast is available on iTunes and Stitcher. You can also find it on the main Rotowire website under the podcast tabs. Feel free to leave a nice review on those venues. We would love to have it if you're going to leave a bad one. We don't want it. We don't want it. What's going on? What's going on? I mean, what's the big deal? Yeah, exactly. What you need to understand here is Give that this is this is not just some podcast right. where we just yep. talk about NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got big time players here. We got Mr. Billy Big Time himself, Mr. NBA TV DJ Trainer on the show. So if you haven't checked out his fine work, you want to see what his face actually looks like rather than uh, just listen to a podcast. Check out NBA TV, three thirty West Coast. What is that? Six thirty Eastern Time. DJ making his expert Fanduel picks on. What is the what is the show? Uh, fantasy NBA fantasy uh, tip off. Fantasy right? tip off hosted by Jared Greenberg, um, who's presented by FanDuel and analyzed by none other than at Trainer DJ, giving you his top notch FanDuel picks on your television in your living room. So yeah, very nice, considering how much I just slammed you. Nick Whalen, of course, is on that as well. He's on Tues- yep. Tuesdays and Fridays. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, appreciate appreciate the love there, Josh. Really, no do. problem, Billy. We're just going to call you William or Billy Big Time the rest of the show. You know this what I mean? Not even anywhere close to what my name is. Let's talk about <laughs> basketball, Josh. Okay, um, we're super into the season. We're in the meat of it. It's awesome. The 76ers finally f- pick up their first win of the season last night. We're going to get into last night's games, which would have been Tuesday. But first, let's just take a quick look ahead, Josh. Um, I think everybody's eyes are probably on the Warriors-Hornets game. The Warriors are kicking off a, a road for trip. 20. Yeah, yeah a, a pretty, pretty um, you know, a scary Seven road game. trip. Seven a, games in about yeah. 14 days, mm-hmm. two back-to-backs. A lot of people think, including our own uh, NBA editor, Adam Wolf here, that tonight might be the night. What do you think in terms of this streak coming up on this road trip for the Warriors? No, no, not without Al Jefferson. They need every, Somebody who's going to beat the Warriors needs all hands on deck okay. in, in, my mind, in, in my mind. And you know what's crazy, too, is Kemba Walker. I just went on 120 Sports and said this. Kemba Walker has been blocking shots like a center. I don't even know what's going on with that. Maybe he will play center for the, the Charlotte Hornets. But he's been playing an elite level. I love Nicholas Batum. This is a, this is a team that's definitely more competitive than last year. Um, but, you know, the, the, to me, they still haven't, like, figured out or got it in terms of what's going to be best for the team at the power forward position, you know, playing Frank Kaminsky two minutes per game and, you know, giving uh, Marvin Williams more run than he deserves as a guy that, you know, is probably Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not like he, I mean, I guess dollar for dollar right now, you're probably going to get the most out of Marvin Williams in the short term, but like, you're also going to, you know, hurt your development process the most. And let's be honest here. Charlotte's a, a good team that could make the playoffs and will, you know, happily make a first round exit against Cleveland or Chicago or whoever they have, you know, right. And if they're, they're sort of kidding themselves if they think anything otherwise. So, We've talked about them, you know, being where a place where power forwards all go to die, and you know, that's part of the issue that that they have with that. You know, they don't have an elite um, player at the four or the five, and they could have, uh, you know, they don't know what they have in Frank Kaminsky, and they're not developing him yet. So those are all the issues that they're dealing with, and that doesn't sound to me like a team that's ready to take down the Golden State Warriors. There we go. So they already started that seven game road trip um, in Utah. They took care of the Jazz. Really good game a couple days ago. Yeah. Me and Nick talked about it. Um, but coming up, they're going to finish. They have six more road games, and their last one is in Milwaukee on December 12th. So they're going to play six games over the next 10 days. And that final game in Milwaukee is the second of their back-to-back games in this road trip where they're flying from Boston to Milwaukee. On yesterday's podcast, um, Josh, and I want to get your take on this, Nick gave me the tough task of saying, how do you beat this Warriors team? And I quickly cut him off, and I said, the best minds of basketball have already debated about it. They've already come up with it. And you know what? It doesn't matter what you come up with. The Warriors are just going to find a way to win. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's actually going to come down to one X and his, X's and O's strategy is going to win because mm-hmm. we've seen a lot of things already happen and, and it hasn't worked. It's right. going to come down to something somewhat superficial like a seven-game road trip in 12 days um, flying from Boston to Milwaukee. Maybe the guys stay up too late at night. Maybe you have a ticky-tack injury. What do you think in terms of when the Warriors will finally get bested? Uh, that's a very good question. I don't know. I think it's going to have to be we're going to watch for the, one of these marquee matchups like Cleveland or, or you know the Spurs pop up. Uh, you know somebody that, of that 
quality of a team, maybe OKC. Those are the three teams that I think that can, like right now, legitimately, legitimately um, make a run at ending that winning streak. And I, don't, I have no idea when they pop up on the schedule, but um, I think there's some. There's got to be a pretty good Christmas matchup. Christmas Day West. against the Cavaliers. That's wh- that's where I'm targeting. I mean, maybe it happens on this road trip somewhere. Utah gave them a scare. But the, the, here's here's my thing. I actually like what Doug Christie said, um, and you know, one of the better defensive guards um, in his time during the his Sacramento days. And he says, "What you do with Steph Curry, which is where you should focus your efforts on him in my in my mind, is." Um, you pick them up full court starting the first quarter and you don't do it for the first three quarters and you may not look like you've profited anything for the first three quarters, but you do it for the fourth quarter because he's a jump shooter and you want to do everything possible to get his legs tired. So I like that strategy. I'm not saying it necessarily works, but it's something I don't think anybody's really tried for four quarters is picking up Steph Curry full court or the, you know, the Warriors full court. What, what do they have to lose? Nothing else is working. You know, the, uh, Utah Jazz gave, gave them a great run. Uh, as well, but you know, when you come down to the, the end of the game and it's tied or close, I mean, you know, you're always going to feel on the, like you like they're sort of behind, even when the score is tied. When you have the best shooter in the world uh, with the ball in his hands with a minute left, so that's what I want to do. If uh, if if my strategy, if, okay. I don't know if it would work, but I think it's it's a good plan. Yeah, you might as well throw them out there. I mean, we've heard everything from from A to Z. We can talk about until we get blue in the face, but until it happens, we just won't really know what truly will work. And like I said, I think it's going to be something somewhat superficial like maybe you know they're playing the Knicks or the Nets in in New York and they just stay out too late and they come back and just have a good or bad shooting night or I don't know I just there's not really any X's or O's things but um, really being aggressive towards Curry maybe bringing it back turning the tile or turning the turning the clock back maybe that 80s or early 90s style of basketball where you're just incredibly rough with Curry um, and just get in his head early like you said Josh could be an option I don't know I'm excited to find out when they lose um if they do face the cavaliers josh you said that was one of the three teams they would be 28 no heading into christmas day um and wouldn't that be just amazing christmas schedule christmas would get canceled i think (laughs) the christmas would come like you know the second the game comes on they're gonna have their own christmas carol like for the future like christmas day got canceled because curry you know is too good i i'm not a good i'm not a lyricist but anyways (laughs) christmas carols will be written about that that showdown if that happens um uh you know lebron james got ran over by a reindeer or something like that (laughs) called steph curry (laughs) <laughs> that's a, that's as good as you're gonna get on the fly oh man that was rough we yeah. should just try to get into the box score maybe possibly. uh let's definitely do that so we're okay. looking at tuesday december 1st if you want to follow along with us we're going to go in chronological order me and josh are just going to give our two cents about the box scores from last night speaking of that cavaliers team they lose at home to the washington wizards 97 to 85 the most interesting thing josh that i took from this game is that Washington went with a very, very unique lineup in that they played Jared Dudley at center for portions of this game down the stretch while Otto Porter was at power forward. Of course, everyone's trying to mimic the Draymond Green small center approach, and Washington certainly did that. John Wall comes away with 35 points, 10 assists. Obviously, that's not something that they could sustain throughout the rest of the season. For whatever reason, it just worked against Timofey Mozgov and Tristan Thompson last night. Yeah, you know what? You know, if you take a look at this box score and what happened with this game, um, this is—it's a little out of character for Kevin Love to be two of ten. You know, and and Timothy Mozgov got game flowed, so I'm not going to fault him for zero for three in just eight minutes. You know, that just comes down to the rotation. They went small. They felt good with Tristan Thompson in there, and Tristan Thompson needs to do more than just two of six for six points. Did his you know work on the boards and everything else like that. Uh, You know, J.R. Smith three for fourteen as well. Just the 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 supporting cast, uh, you know, ends up shooting thirty three percent from the field so that's what it is you know you want to chalk it up to to, to great defense then then fine they're they are a pretty solid defensive team but I, i'm not i'm not too worried about this we saw the cavaliers actually had like you know a bumpier road last season with you know trying to get their continuity going and they're 13 and 5 you know they're they're near the top of the division they haven't even the played top. with two of their starters amon chumper right. and kyrie irving it's amazing 
Yeah, exactly. So this is this is my thought on the, on on this whole thing. Like everybody was way more concerned about how bad the Cavaliers when they were hovering around five hundred and wondering if they were going to fire David Blatt last year. Now they're thirteen and five, and they're they're um you know they're garbage. Or people are like, what's going on there? Because they haven't won every single game like the right. Warriors. You know, that's what it really is about. The Warriors. They're supposed to be on the same level as the Warriors. We're supposed to see this dream matchup happen from the time preseason started, and they've lost five more games than the Warriors. So they're just like, you know, we're like, whoa, what's wrong? And, you know, you actually you can kind of see that LeBron is a little bit um, peeved with the team. He's not making excuses, not, you know, faulting Kyrie Irving or Shumpert for not being there. He's like, you know, we need to stop taking plays off and, you know, stay focused for 48 minutes like the Warriors have been. So um, that's that's what this all is to me. I'm not concerned. Washington's a good enough team to, to, to beat them, you know, he, uh, for, for one or two games, even though they're. They're seven and eight, and John Wall played his best game of the season, so that's basically oh, yeah. what it comes down to for me. All right, another thing to take away from this game, the Cavaliers continue to not um, take part in pregame festivities. Rather, they basically just go line up for jump ball, even when there's cheerleaders out there, even when the lights are still out. What do you think about that strategy? I mean, they lose a game at home, their first loss of the season at home. Is it time for the Cavaliers to just, you know, form a line and when they call your name, celebrate? Um, Obviously, the focus, and uh, allegedly this has been initiated by LeBron James, which makes sense because he does whatever people tell him to do, is Mm -hmm. they want to be laser-focused before the game. And so instead of, you know, doing high fives and jumping up and touching hips and whatnot, Mm -hmm. they are just going right to the floor, getting ready for the game. Is this just like a big facade? I mean, does this actually do anything, Josh? Obviously, it doesn't have much play in fantasy, but I just want to get your take on on this this manifestation of, of focus here. Yeah, you know what? I think that what he's sensing here is that, okay, listen, we're, we know what we're capable of. We know that we're supposed to make it all the way to the finals. We're supposed to cruise here. We need to, be, to have our game on par with the Golden State Warriors who are playing in another world right now. And we're not there. Not only are we, are we not there, we're losing to some teams that we shouldn't lose to. I mean, Washington is a quality playoff team, so I'm not going to knock them for that. But some of these other losses that they've had, um, you know, don't really sit well with LeBron. So if, if it, that's what he feels like he needs to do, then fine. I, you know what the bigger issue for me, actually, in this whole situation here is what the Cavs do at the deadline. Because to me, Ooh. in order to get up to, to speed here with the Warriors, they're going to need to make another big move. Their bench stinks. I mean, you know, I mean, you, I love Tristan Thompson. Delvadova's fine. Shouldn't that get yeah. ironed out when Amon Schumper and Kyrie Irving come back? Where, you, where you're moving Mo Williams to the bench, maybe J.R. Smith goes to the bench, something of that order? Yeah, I think they need more. You usually look okay. at the depth that you have with the Golden State Warriors. That's another starting five that would win. And to, like- and to be fair, when you say they need more, it's not necessarily to make it through the Eastern Conference Finals. It's to beat the Warriors in the finals, right? right. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. this team in and of itself, when you get those two guys back, can make it to the finals, I, yeah, would, I, I would think. I totally agree with you there. I think, you know, as somebody like Joe Johnson, if they could go out and get that guy who Get that fat contract? Well, I don't think they care. You know what I mean? That's so true. much... They just make it work, and you've got a guy who's got what what LeBron James needs more than anything else is another knockdown three point shooter, and that's Joe Johnson for me. You know, you have, but you, but you need somebody else other than just like James Jones, who's also that. But James Johnson Jones is also not a good ball handler, not a good guy who like you know can um, score off the dribble or anything else like that. Joe Johnson is a legit scorer. He's still on the downside of his career, but sure. you know he can he can sort of create his own shot. And has a, has a good enough pull-up game to sort of be a threat as well for anybody who runs at him at the three-point line. I don't think you really have that quality of guy with – Mo Williams is that guy. But then he's one of the only guys. And I actually think Mo Williams actually might be playing alongside uh, Kyrie Irving when we come down to the finals. Mm-hmm. I don't really see – so yeah. J.R. Smith would move into that role that you're talking about, like uh, a pretty solid sure shooter. Well, last night, I think the tail of the tape, really, if you look at it, J.R. Smith, 3 of 11 from the threes, yeah. James Jones, 0 for 3, and Richard Jefferson, 1 for 4. I mean, mm-hmm. those are the people that you really need for LeBron to drive, kick it out. Those three guys need to be knocking down shots. If they're not, then what are they even doing on the court, like you said, Josh, because they're not helping you on defense. Right. They need one more piece. And I just that's that's what I care about, too. I want to see what that happens with Kyrie Irving gets in there. I mean, that's obviously going to be interesting. The defensive, you know, presence that Shumpert brings, provided he's healthy, that's going to be a question mark. But he, I think I thought he was a big uh, part of what they did on defense. So I'm definitely looking forward to that as well. But uh, uh, they need one more guy. The Ray Allen. Remember Ray Allen when he came in there and he was like, that is the the Quan. 
the they final need, they piece. need ray allen <laughs> <laughs> you, you, ray allen would be perfect but ray allen had a chance to jump on the warriors last year and bast i can't believe so, yeah I, he was really done with basketball because he yeah. was he kicked around coming to the Cavs, kicked around coming to the warriors uh mm-hmm. he's done with basketball his career has got to be over but right. interesting take from you josh i really haven't heard that but um you're completely right um especially since those guys those three people i mentioned didn't really uh take part in what they're supposed to be doing let's keep it moving though are Arguably the most entertaining game of the night for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> Philadelphia 76ers get their first win of the season, 103-91. to According to ESPN, that was the only game that the 76ers will be favored in for the rest of the season. Obviously, things will change, but looking at it from now until the end of the season, um, they were expected to pick up that win. Kobe Bryant knocks down three of his first four shots to get three three-pointers. However, he ended up 7 of 26 from the field, 4 of 17. So essentially he went uh, you know, 1 of 13 for the rest of the game after the first two minutes from beyond the arc. He is the most um, um, havoc-causing player on any team in the NBA right now. Josh, and at what point does Byron Scott, or does he at all, say, like, this is just ridiculous. Like, you're a novelty of yourself, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, we're basically on this parade. Um, or is there some, like, mastermind project where the Lakers are actually tanking better than the 76ers when you look at their assets right now? So we have Julius Randle. We have D'Angelo Russell. We have Jordan Clarkson. And we have another top three pick, you would think, coming up. You look at the 76ers, and they have Jaleel Okafor. Um, and Nerland Noel, maybe they have Joel Embiid, and they'll have another top pick coming as well. But if you look at things, it turns out the Lakers were tanking all this time, and they're still doing it this year by letting Bryant jack up all these shots. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the way I'm looking at this here. Um, first of all, if Byron's got any self-respect, he would bench Kobe. You know, and and he's not. You know what he's doing? He's. I think. Uh, it, it, this is actually a bad move on my on his part. Maybe he's got a, like a mandate from management that Kobe has to play, but he shouldn't play. Kobe should you, be coming off the bench. There has to be something under the table, right? Or or if 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 Byron Scott really is that clueless. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, some of the stuff he says, it it might be it's that like, way. We're going to live and die t- with Kobe. Like, yeah, it's like, such clown he, business. Or, yeah. yeah, like we don't have chemistry on the team or, or we have chemistry, but the guys just don't know how to pass it to each other. Saying stuff like that is just ridiculous. And you wonder if this guy is is smarter than all of us and he's really trying to tank while giving off the appearance or is he just a puppet for this Lakers organization to tank for last year and this year? And but they're not taking on the same flack that the Philly, Philadelphia organization is. Yeah. So the way I look at this here is Brian Scott's going to have to be fed something because otherwise he's putting his job in serious jeopardy. You know, you know, Kobe's at the end of his career and he's terrible. So you have every excuse to bench him if you want to. So it must be some either. managerial mandate because he's shooting 30%. Like if there was anybody else ever, this guy would be in the D league. He wouldn't even be playing. Okay. So I understand Kobe gets a lifetime pass. Having said that Kobe is, I only give Kobe so much credit, like an, an eon and uh, a mountain of credit because he just went from just going to get like the narrative on Kobe this season was going to be, this guy shouldn't have played. He should have retired last year. He's trash. He's not healthy. Yes. To like, Thank God for for everything Kobe did for his twenty years of service. Yeah, he's getting yes. announced like he's a starter right. in Philadelphia. Yes, yes, so smart, so so smart. Because now they're like, well, hey, this is his farewell tour, man. Don't be a jerk, okay? He's retiring, you know. Now everybody's like, you know what? Show her some respect for what everything that he's done, rather than just ripping him because you don't know if it's the last season or not. So Kobe got very smart very quickly and realized like, like hey, if I don't want to get trashed in every stop on the road that I have or get booted, and, you know at the Staples Center, I need to tell people that I'm done because I am done. Right. You know? And he's he's done a very good job of explicitly saying that. And there's there's some, like I like Kobe off the court. He's really interesting, uh, knows a bunch of different languages, has a lot of other interests interest outside of basketball. But he's got that same Russell Westbrook in him where it's just like everybody in the room knows it except for you. That like you're just doing something just so ridiculous. Just please stop it. 
Russell Westbrook will have the exact same um, farewell season in the NBA where he's just like driving to the hole too much, but he's half as slow as all these young guys where the, you can never turn that switch off. And that's what made him great. But unfortunately, that's what makes the situation a bit lunatic at this point in the season. I don't know what it's going to shape out for the rest of the year, but uh, entertaining game nonetheless. Robert Covington is back in the fold, Josh. 23 points, five rebounds, four assists, two blocks. If you held on to him at the beginning of the season, things are starting to pay off. And I'm hoping and assuming that he shouldn't be on waiver wires out there. Are you rolling with Mr. Covington for the rest of the season? Or are you living in fear that maybe he'll head back to the bench? No, no, Covington is a legit guy, and you know they are they're desperate for another you know impact option in this offense aside from Jalil Okafor. So when Jalil Okafor is not doing you know his sort of knockout performance that he's been doing as of late, um, then I think that you sort of need to definitely take a look at Robin Covington. Eight of sixteen, five of eleven from three. A little bit disappointed that he didn't have any steals because he had twenty one steals in the last three oh, games. Yeah, he is a theft. Right, uh, monster, and just like and he's right now, he's the DFS autoplay. So, and if you find him anywhere in any of your leagues, somehow some people haven't scooped him up. Um, let me see what we have in terms of uh, ownership percentage for Robert Covington. Bump, 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 eighty-three percent. So most people have already jumped on the bad dragon. Use seventeen percenters. What's going on? Get in there. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'm all in on Robert Covington, and pretty soon we're probably going to see a price tag that is like fitting of his uh, you know value in DFS. Um, but we're not there yet, so make sure you get them in your lineups. That's right. Blocks and assists and steals count just the same. And, of course, if you're playing on DraftKings, three-pointers, you get a nice bonus for that. He went 5 of 11 from beyond the arc. A guy that you really, really liked coming into the season, Josh, was Jeremy Grant, correct? Yeah, yeah. you gave me some flack, bro. Yeah, I did give you some flack, but he is kind of in the starting lineup, out of the starting lineup. I would have thought that he would be out if Covington was in. That wasn't the case. They started together, got their first win of the season, 31 minutes, 14 points, 7 rebounds. Four assists, one steal, four blocks. Yes, sir. Six of seven from the field. Now, I would think that you, Josh, are of the opinion that this is what to expect um, in the future for Grant. But obviously, that's just a mega box score that he can't uphold for for on a consistent basis. Yeah, he's not going to go six of seven for sure. But the rebounds, he can do seven rebounds. I don't expect him to to have four assists like he has never been known really as a passer. But I'm actually uh, like encouraged by the upside. He his his weakest, you know. Um, point of his game it used to be uh or maybe still is sh- shooting from the outside and he actually hit three threes against houston so it's the three-point shots looking a little bit better i like that i still think the uh philadelphia 76ers have it wrong when uh, with brett brown in their lineup jakar Sampson doesn't need to start okay and their lens noel is their best defensive player so why is he coming off the bench there just move robert covington to the two let jeremy grant play the three and have noel and okafor up top Noel's not a guy who needs shots anyway so it's not like you're like oh we got to bring our super six man in here so he can get his scoring let the guy just bang all right he's your best defensive player and you're not starting him which is why people drive me crazy when they're like oh brett brown he's all he's like the you know the billy bean or whatever of (laughs) of basketball and their advanced you know their you know metrics uh, and yeah and all that stuff yeah him and who's the gm over there Uh, um I forget. It, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he's kind of written him off for a while. so that's... You, you should. We don't need to know his name because he's bad. All right? Um, and they haven't figured out uh, their rotation. Sam Hinky. Sam, yeah. Yeah, Hinky. I mean, yeah, Sam Hanky Panky is, I think, what we called oh, him wow. early in the preseason. <laughs> for all this garbage that he's been pulling with, the, with their roster. Okay, I will give them some credit for you know imp- improving uh, like the talent level that they've, they did with you know ta- taking um, like Nick Stauskas, who... To me, I think it's still going to have some value some down the line whenever he figures out how to make a shot, you know, and getting value out of out a guy like a, out of TJ McConnell, um, you know, and they still are missing Tony Roten, who's probably one of their better scorers as well. But aside from that, it's all clown business in the rotation and, uh, you know, in the front office. So I'm not really a fan overall. Okay. Um, if if Jimmer Verdette can't make it in the NBA, Nick Stausis is not going to make it in the a- NBA. That's kind of my take on that. I think that they're somewhat similar players. Maybe Stausis has a little more ability to work around around the elbow, um, fadeaway jumpers, stuff like that that I'm not gonna, giving him credit for. 
but I we can have a Nick Stauskas Jim Richards for that debate. Let's not. Know. Let's just save we're, we're save people's you ears. You know you're in the bleeding. wheelhouse, right, with the Sacramento Kings right now. I you know. want to talk some bad players there. Nick Stauskas, I'll, I'll I'll say this, okay? Stauskas is a better passer. He's got a better basketball IQ. Jimmer thinks he should be taking every shot. That's his problem, and, and so that's why I have a little bit of hope for as a rotation player for Nick Stauskas. Whereas Jimmer Fredette, you know what I mean? He's got a bomb away, and that and that's really all there is. So uh, he thinks all the coaches are wrong about him even to this day like he you know so that's yeah. that's his issue too much swag too much ego All 37 right. points in the d-league um by the way and his first d-league performance a couple nights ago real quick before we move on here uh jeremy grant over the last three games he's averaging get this i know it's a it's a stat dump but just bear with me because they're pretty great over his last three games he's averaging 31 minutes 14 points six rebounds two assists 1.3 steals 2.7 blocks percentages here they come 52 percent from the field and 82 percent from free three uh from the charity stripe and 1.3 three-pointers now josh if i did a blind test and i showed those to you you would say that that guy is viable under all formats season long daily but is he because of this movement that we have on the starters to the bench on the sixers on a continual basis throughout the season yeah, it's just like like the, my problem isn't the pr- production right now because it's happening and I like it and it's fine. My problem is Brett Brown. You can't trust the guy. He's like Brad Stevens. You know, okay. you don't know what's going to happen in the, with the rotation. So if you're fine with the short term or you know you want to you want to use the, that to your advantage in DFS, I like all those in those scenarios. For the season, we just don't know. You know what happens when Tony Rowan gets back in the mix? What happens you know if Brett Brown sleeps on the wrong side of the bed? We just don't know. That's the problem. Yep, I, I completely agree with you. I would love to roster Jeremy Grant, and if I had, if anyone, not just me, if you have a flyer spot where you've just been rotating players, give it a shot. Robert Covington worked out great for a lot of people, but the major issue is, despite his production, there's no guarantee. Like we've both have stressed uh, quite a bit now, that's an issue with really all the six, Sixers players in general. Keeping it moving, Josh. Brooklyn Nets get their fifth win of the season, 94 to 91, over the Phoenix Suns. Oh no, oh no. What happened to the Suns? They're 8 and 10, they're 3 and 5 on the road, which is fine. Markeith Morris is why I'm going to say is what's wrong with the Suns. He plays 28 minutes, only gets six points, one rebound, three assists. This was a guy that helped out in every statistical category last year. He lost his brother to the Detroit Pistons, and for some reason he just hasn't had a great year. Um, are you willing to put the full front of the blame on Markeith Morris, or is it more of Tyson Chandler not being in the lineup? I think it's uh, – I'm fine with it being Markeith Morris because Alexlin held his own. You know, he doubled-doubled 13 and 14 with three blocks. So he did the job probably better than Tyson Chandler had been in, in, in the most of those games that, uh, that we've seen with Tyson Chandler with just the, like the empty scoring lines there. So, yeah, Markeith Morris, 3 of 11, 0 from 2. And, you know, he's like – to me, he's a guy that goes as his game goes. Like, I'm not surprised at all that he played 20, 28 minutes and got one rebound. He's a terrible rebounder for the power forward position. That's my problem with Markeith Morris. He's got a lot of scoring talent, but he doesn't do what he should do at the power forward position, which is get in the mix and you know in the get rebound. So it's no surprise to me that Brooklyn you know had the rebounding edge in in in, in this game as well. And you know that you have some bigger bodies up front that you need to deal with with Brooke Lopez and and Thaddeus Young and Joe Johnson, who are like one of the bigger front lines. Uh, in the league there as well. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, Brooke Lopez only had six rebounds, but Rondé Hollis-Jefferson came up with nine. So uh, for, for for me personally, I'm willing to throw it on Marquise Morris for now and for, for the majority of these losses to him. I think that I was a little bit disappointed that they didn't f- sort of try to upgrade from the power four position. I wouldn't even actually mind them going like small, small, and um, playing or double big with Tyson Jowler and Alex Lennon against some bigger matchups like Utah, and then or go small, small, and just throw T.J. Warren in the starting lineup. He's over, been great. Over. Yeah, he's been a monster. What do you think about him? T.J. Warren is really good. I'm still on the fence about him. I know Nick Whalen loves T.J. Warren. I mean, he sends me stuff all the time about T.J. Warren. I... I mean, he went to. He was the guy that came from NC State, right? And he really didn't own up to uh, his potential in college, and in, in that he didn't really put the team on his back and take him through uh, like they thought he would. But enough about college. Twelve, twelve point three points this season. Three point seven rebounds, almost half assist. A, you know, point seven steals. I, I, I don't know. Would you rather have TJ Warren or Markeith Morris? And so you're saying that you would rather have Warren instead of Morris? 
I'm saying that you, if you have to choose right now, I guess I'm taking the starter in uh, Markeith Morris, but I want TJ Warren to get those mints because he's been more productive with them. And he has. Right, and there's no problem with teams going small these days, too. P.J. Tucker is a guy who could, you know, um, defend some smaller fours if you wanted him to do that or put T.J. Warren in that spot or not worry about it and just play up-tempo ball because Phoenix loves rolling the ball out and say, you know what I mean? Let's not worry too much about the defensive matchup. Let's just outscore teams. And they, they're built to do that with that roster, and T.J. Warren would fit that better than Markeith Morris in my mind. Yeah, I, I was looking at some of the rebound totals for Phoenix, and I just, I don't know, whenever you have a power forward that doesn't rebound well, you just kind of assume that they're not going to be a great rebounding team. But Phoenix actually ranks ninth in the league with 45 rebounds per game. I think I'm going to put some of that on Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, even P.J. Tucker. Yeah, mm-hmm. getting in the mix because those guards and P.J. Tucker for a small forward, um, you know, somewhat, he's probably the league average, but Bledsoe and Knight, considering their guards get a lot of rebounds. Um, so that's probably they're making up for some slack on Morris. I think you got to roll with Warren at this point. You're 8 and 10, but Morris has the contract. I don't know. At some point, Morris is going to get going. It's not going to be like this all season long. So I, I agree. It's yeah. a tough call, and it always comes down to matchups. And so, um, you know, you're never going to see one starting lineup and just stay the same like you are in Detroit necessarily. So TJ Warren is getting a lot of love. He's kind of a fantasy darling. We'd like to see him consistent minutes from a fantasy perspective but unfortunately like you said josh we just have to keep rolling with markeith morris for now i guess that's my take on it as well yeah i totally agree with you there as well so that's so that's how i'm looking to approach this all right um on the brooklyn side of this box score by the way um you know lay some blame on on thaddeus young for them um this game being as close as it was because he shoots 314 but he's been super solid all season long missed a uh, dunk last night i believe as well which what the, what the never, never helps never helps anybody yeah i'm a little bit disappointed by jared jack i mean I, the, the line here is fine 11 points eight assists three, three steals i just felt like he would have been more of a scoring one you know with uh you know joe johnson a year older thad young i didn't know was going to be as good as he has despite this performance overall and i thought that he was going to be you know like push for for top 15 top 16 point guard status and he really just hasn't scored or been efficient well, enough you know to what the so. issue is is that shane larkin is playing pretty solidly he came in with a plus seven plus or minus last night but he played 30 minutes jared jack and shane larkin had the exact same minute total so i think the issue for jack is just shane larkin yeah, he needs to just kneecap Shane Larkin in the Tommy Harding, yeah, style exactly. Get, get your minutes back, bro. Don't take that. You're 32 years old. This is this is it. You're never going to yeah. have a starting position again, and you were lucky to have this to begin with. But if you're looking for assists, um, you can't find him on the waiver wire. There's no reason for Jared Jack to be on the waiver wire. He does help you in that. And sometimes, you know, there are guys out there where. They get you know well above league average assists, and of course Jack is averaging seven point one, which is a career best for him. And you know you're usually put in the spot where you just have to play him, and whatever he gets for points, he gets. But he gets so many assists that you know assists are just hard to come by. They're arguably one of the hardest things to find, um, really out there. I don't know. Sidebar, quick, Josh. What do you what do you think is the hardest statistical category to search and that or to find, and that you really can only get it in the draft? And if you don't get it in the draft, you're you're pretty much screwed for the rest of the season. I'm going to go with assists. I, I, I'm assuming you're going to agree with me, but I guess I don't know. I'm not going to agree with you. Whoa, okay. okay. All right, for me, it's blocks. Um, okay. And because you normally what you can do is some, you know, point guards get so much usage and, the, and there's so many, um, you know, injuries that end up popping throughout the season at that position. So you could sort of mine some right now. Right now, Shane Larkin with eight assists is on the wa- waiver wire in a ton of leagues. He is. Okay, yeah. so there you go. You can, but you know what? You can't get you can't get a two block shot a guy who blocks two shots per game on the waiver wire like anywhere right now. The best you can do, and trust me, I'm trying to do it because I started off, you know, in one of my uh, season long leagues, going heavy at small forward, grabbing point guards, and just prioritized big men last. And I'm sitting there waiting for Willie Cauley Stein to do something, for John Henson to do something, and for Timothy Moskov to play more than eight minutes per game. That's what I'm sort of down to. And if it wasn't for Jeremy Grant, me gambling on Jeremy Grant and um, hanging on to him and his you know, his shots that he's blocked that has provided me with a boost in leagues, I'd probably be in more trouble in that league than I, than I am right now. So I say it's blocks. Okay. Um, just to play devil's advocate, um, some guys that could be on your waiver wire, Jeremy Grant with 1.8, Steven Adams 1.6, 
Festus mm-hmm. Azili, 1.5. Ian Mahimi, 1.5. Clint Capella, 1.4. Dwayne Dedman. Please don't pick up Dwayne Dedman, but he's at 1.3. So maybe it's ebbs and flows, Josh. Maybe sometimes um, assists are more scarce, blocks are more scarce. I'm willing to go. I mean, the, and that's why Hassan Whiteside, Anthony Davis, DeAndre Jordan, Gobert, Ibaka, um, you can even throw Brooke Lopez, are so incredibly value. And Ibaka's a guy that, like, he gets picked in the three first three rounds every single year and it's because mm. of those blocks so um, you know i think and we're, the i think we're both right how about that no yeah you know what i you know what it is dude? it's just i'm i'm speaking about my league personally you know what i mean so That's i just true. what i see we know that everybody knows that people are going to go heavy on like or even overdraft point guards in my league so i have that's just what happens to me and so i'm basically you know like i'm like listen i'm not going to get left behind at the point guard position i'll try to figure it out um, um, at, at, with blocks, or maybe make a trade if I get some surplus. So that's what's been happening with me in my leagues. But maybe it's different in some other leagues. But you're, we've pro- narrowed it down to the to the to the bottom two for sure. Yeah, most definitely. I, I I think that's fair. Any last words about the Phoenix Suns or the Brooklyn Nets, Josh? Before we move on, um, you know what? If this was like the the NCAA, we would be talking about you know maybe the the Phoenix Suns as you know the number one NIT seed. That's how I feel about oh, that. Oh, and they've been that before. Two years ago when they had that above 500 record but still didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I th- they're, kinda, they're just kind of slotted into that role where they're, they're a nice team, but they don't, they don't scare nice anybody. Team. Yeah. No, Bledsoe and Brandon Knight and are uh, asked to carry too much of the load. They got stuck with Tyson Chandler, and they didn't really, really wanted him. They, they didn't really want him. They just wanted LaMarcus Aldridge, and that was a means to an end, so now they have a bad contract. Sure. And their team really isn't any better than last year, in my mind. So There you go. The words from Josh Hayes. Moving forward, the Orlando Magic win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 96-93. to Reciprocal records here, people. Magic are 10-8. and The Timberwolves are 8-10. and mm-hmm. um, Magic fighting to stay above 500. I don't know if many people pegged him as a playoff team, but it seems like they could be on track for that. Wide open lineup here. Nobody on the team scores more than 18 points. Vucevic comes in with 18 and 12, four assists, two steals, one block. But otherwise, they did a good job of sharing the ball. Channing Fry starts but doesn't get any points. He goes 0 for 2, 0 for 1 from beyond the arc. Um, let's see, Oladipo, 13 points off the bench. It really kind of stinks that he's coming off the bench. Uh, of course it does. Aaron Gordon continues to come off the bench. But Mario Hizonia has really taken a hit with this move of Oladipo heading to the bench, more so than anybody else. He didn't even play last night. He was on some people's radars for Rookie of the Year. Um, Do you think it hurts him more from um, maybe an ego standpoint than his game? Because I think we all agree that he can be a solid NBA player. Yeah, you know what it is, is now they have veterans who've really stepped up their game. We had Evan Fournier who came into the mix and started making it rain right from jump pushed his way into the starting lineup so that was a problem that's a problem for Victor Oladipo you have Aaron Gordon who's supposed to to make the leap and you know he, and he's blocked right now by Tobias Harris who they gave a big contract for and you know their necessity to start Channing Fry, which doesn't make any sense for me he should just be a bench guy you know Agreed, essentially yeah. he is a bench guy you know but, but I guess it doesn't really matter because he's playing 16 minutes either way so really we don't care um, the only other the other issue that we have too is Andrew Nicholson now getting extra run here. Played 31 minutes um, off the bench. He's getting a lot of run. He's cutting into Fournier. He's cutting into Olodipo. Uh, even a little bit of Channing Fry. He can play you know a little bit of all those positions. Sort of a Swiss Army knife guy who's getting a lot of production. So that's why you see Mario Hazana with the warm ups all game long, getting the DNPCD. So um, to me, I'm more interested in how how much uh, Andrew Nicholson can keep this level of production up because right now he's killing everybody who owns old depot he's turning people who are like me who are enjoying the production from evan fournier and then you know even you know if he's going to get like double digit shots every single game then you're only going to end up with somebody like tobias harris if you own him who only has 12 shots so really the only person you can trust on the orlando side to me is vucevic yeah, I, I agree with you. But if you have Oladipo, you just you got to stay strong. You got to you got to keep him on your roster because you never know right. if there's an injury. He moves into the starting lineup, starts playing 34 minutes a game. And he's going to be, um, you know, an upper echelon player yet again. 28 minutes, he still got you 13 points, 
four rebounds, four assists, three steals, two blocks. That's where he really comes into play um, when he helps you. And so you just got to stay strong. If you have Hazonia in a keeper league, something like that, hopefully you can stash him away. But don't don't be afraid. It was his first DNP of the season. Over his last four games, he's combined for only seven minutes. But um, things change, people, and Hazonia will get some minutes in the future. It may not be this season, um, but you never know. Things will change. You just got to ride it out. Don't be reactionary. Um, things will change, um, like I said, three times in a row there. Andrew Wiggins goes for 27 points. He's really turning it on. He's starting to impress people. He's being the player we thought he would. Kevin Martin continues to stay in the in the starting lineup, 16 points. Rubio Towns and Garnett, though, combined for 13 points. I mean, come on. That's gross. Yeah, you know what's gross, too, is Ricky Rubio still starting over Zach Levine. Right there Uh, with you, my friend. Yeah. Free Zach Levine. We've talked about this over and over. Ricky Rubio, I'm so glad, you know, the one good thing about Rubio, he's worked on his shot. And you can see by this 0 for 5 performance with 0 for 3 from 3, why is this guy shooting three threes? If I was his coach, I would open face slap him when he came to the bench for shooting three threes, when you know he shoots 38% for his career. Listen, you can't shoot a regular field goal, like with layups included, at better than 40%. What are you doing shooting threes, dude? Seriously, you they're leaving you open for a reason. Maybe you should just follow the scouting report. Read your own scouting report and realize that you can't shoot. That's, you know, end rant on that side. All right, let me ask you this, too. I'm still, like, you know, getting a lot of debate from friends of mine you know, in the fancy NBA space about Gorky Jang, how they think that he's an upside guy mm. who you should sort of pay attention to or whatever. I'm anti Gorky Jang uh, overall. I mean, whatever. It's a nice performance off the bench with 11.7 rebounds and three blocks. But to me, he had his opportunity to assert himself as a you know legit front court option in fancy leagues, and he blew it last week with like last season with like eight points and like like nine and eight is what he averaged basically or 10 and eight last season which is when you when you they cleared the decks when they had no pekovic they had um no one else shabazz uh shabazz muhammad got injured he was a guy who was scoring a ton he had every opportunity it was basically him um wiggins and zach levine to sort of to do damage on that team the best he could do was nine points per game and can in, in and when you get thirty plus minutes in my mind, if you're a front court guy, especially if you're going to play big minutes at the four or five, you should be at ten rebounds per game in my mind. If you're a legit guy, and he's not that, so that's why my problem I have. Your thoughts? Yeah, I've hung on to him. I've rostered him over the last couple of years because when he gets enough minutes, he is a double double threat who can get nice blocks, a steal a game. Field goal percentage is obviously right there. But maybe the reason why I'm holding on longer than I should is because he's a really good free throw percentage or he's a really good uh, free throw shooter. He's almost 90% this year, which is like it's not it's, sustainable. You know that. He's, well, he shot 78% last year. So that's sustainable. In yes. terms of centers, power forwards, that's a nice little, it's a nice little add in that shouldn't be overlooked if he's getting you a low double double. Now, let's look at it this way, uh, Josh, because we've got just too many front court players. You know, Kevin Garnett should be an assistant coach. He shouldn't be on the court. Um, if if Pekovic comes back, like they always find a way to give him 24 minutes a game when he should probably be just on some other team. It's just too muddled. You have Nemanja Bialica, who's in it. Carl Anthony Towns is going to get him. Adrian Payne is a guy that I think should get a little bit of run. But um, if Gorgie Dang was on another team where he was averaging 30 minutes a game, don't you think that he would be viable under all formats? I think just because he's in Minnesota and he doesn't have a consistent role, um, you know, we can't really read into those averages too much because when he was on the court, uh, he got rostered up in quite a few leagues deep into late last season. Yeah, I've yeah, viable, yes, because he's a starter and you know he does sh- shoot like he is an efficient guy in terms of free throw percentage and field goal percentage, but he's never like he's not an excellent rebounder, he's not an excellent shot blocker, and he um is not a volume scorer. So basically what you have is a nice garbage garbage pail guy, which is <laughs> fine. You know, I'm th- you know, it's that th- yeah, if he gets the starters minutes, yeah, he's definitely ownable. But I'm just not excited about the guy. That's that's all I'm saying. People are like, oh top sixty five player. I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. I think he's. I think he's on a list where, uh, if he saw thirty minutes, like he's at the top of the list where, if he was freed, he would be a super good option. But you're saying maybe temper expectations on that list, even though he's, you know, he's at the top of a lot of people's list for that. Even um, if he started on a team, he would be the fifth option. 
You know what I mean? So um, maybe it's not even a good thing that he is he isn't starting and Kevin Garnett is getting those starter minutes because I don't know when you'd really want him to touch the ball over you know Kevin Martin, Andrew Wiggins, Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, or even if he's on the court with Zach Levine. In my mind, you know okay. it's not a better offensive option. All right, if he was, let me just do a would you rather here with a, a couple of guys. Would you rather Dang or Noah Vonley? Oh. Well, you have to go Dang, even though Novonley to me has uh, is like the better overall talent in my mind. So Novonley is a power forward who has point guard handles. It's crazy, and he can so, shoot the three. So where are you coming from? Are you coming from a fantasy pers- perspective or an owner of a team? Um, I'm coming from a fantasy perspective. Okay, okay. so see, this year you definitely have to own Gorgie Jang over Noah Vonla for Dynasty. Yeah. I want Noah Vonla. So right. see, yeah, so let's do the let's do a couple more of these in terms of Dynasty. Okay, because uh, that's more fun. Myers Leonard or Dang Dang. These are all Dang. Uh, yeah, Oscar Meyer Wiener. Yeah. Okay. Um, Costa Kufos. I oh man, why are you doing that to me, bro? That's not because it's up. a really good comparison. It's a guy that's also stuck behind on the bench behind Willie Collie Stein. Costa Kufos Cousins. is he's uh, he's eventually going to lose his job to Willie Collie Stein when Willie Collie Stein fi- 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 figures it out. So I would probably now you're in that same situation here with Gorky Jing or Costa Kufos in terms of, like minutes. You right. Know? They're both over the past few years, they've both been in positions where they're playing backup minutes, but if they started, you know, in DFS competitions, they're they're kind of solid options because they can get that low double double. I think Kufos is a is a great comparison to Dang or Jang. Well, can I just say push? I mean that's so yeah, no, I think close. I yeah. think that's good. Um okay. so that you just complimented my question. What about Trey Lyles out in Utah? Hasn't really got much run yet. We don't know what to expect from him. He can shoot the three. He's only seeing eight minutes per game. But would you rather take the risk on twenty year old Trey Lyles in a dynasty format over Dang, who we know can get double doubles if he sees the minutes in the future? Well, here's the problem with Trey Lyles. Okay, Trey Lyles is now who is he going to beat out in that starting rotation? Because that starting rota- that starting rotation is pretty young, right? You know? Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, uh, Trevor Booker is the only guy that he could really pass up over the next couple of years. Right, exactly. That's my issue that I have here w- w- with that. So he's kind of blocked, you know. But I think he actually has like a, a higher ceiling and more talent. So since I don't care what happens with Gorgie Jang, like. <laughs> You know, like I'm just blah about him. I don't really ever think he's getting to the next level. Like what we see is what we get from him. I'd probably gamble on Trey Lyles, I guess, you know, because I don't feel like I'm going to lose a ton if somehow, you know, uh, he doesn't beat out Gorgie Jing in terms of value. Okay. Fair enough. Anybody else that you want to throw into that ring that I didn't, um, where they think it's a fair comparison? Maybe Larry Nance Jr., um, Jeremy Grant, who Larry, we just Larry talked about Jan- earlier. I'd rather have Larry Nance Jr. He has at least, at least he has a chance on that roster to win a job okay. at some point. You know, so yep. And that's what you have to look at when you're talking about dynasty. Last thoughts: Magic Timberwolves, or should we move on? We should move on. Let's do it then. Memphis Grizzlies get the win over the New Orleans Pelicans, one thirteen to one hundred four. Career high for Mr. Marcus Saul, forty two minutes, thirty eight points, thirteen rebounds, six assists. Four blocks. He was the breadwinner in DFS. If you were playing in DraftKings last night, you most yep. likely had to have had him since I think he's in that like low $7,000 range, which is just absolutely a steal for what he did for you last night. Otherwise, Mike Conley and Zach Randolph uh, come in with 11 points and 14 points, respectively. You're looking at the New Orleans Pelicans now. Anthony Davis, 17 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, two steals, and nine blocks. Um, so, you know, he's just doing his thing. He's a plug and play. Ryan Anderson, we've talked about him before. Josh, he got 33 minutes off the bench. So he got more minutes than Tyreek Evans, who returned from injury, mm-hmm. more minutes than Holiday, Alexis Ajinka, and Alonzo G. So he actually saw the second most minutes. But are you okay with him coming off the bench, still seeing more minutes than the starters? Or are you still on the bandwagon for him being in the starting lineup right alongside Anthony Davis? Well, they're doing the right thing in terms of minutes, so I guess it's okay. But I still feel like that, you know, what, look what happened to Anthony Davis today, 415. You know, he has no rim protection from Alexis Ajinka, who's just a bad player overall. And they're forced to sort of get him into the lineup because Omar Sheik is, you know, playing injured and playing bad, like simultaneously. So <laughs> why don't you just do, you know, when you, if you're going to 
you know, put the best lineup out there to me in my line. Just use your second best player right now. It's Ryan Anderson. It'll probably be Tyreek Evans, who I'm actually surprised got 31 minutes and came up with 10 assists, and he's actually starting today. So I, I like Ty- I like Tyreek Evans. But to me, get your weapons out there and then figure out your bench later. Uh, you, you, you know, in, in my mind, I know that the bench is is a is an ugly situation. It probably should be helped by the fact that you know Eric Gordon is is currently out there, although he doesn't look like he's enjoying it too much. Minus 20 in that game, which, you know, just so sort of off the bench says poor defensive effort. You know, you know, we never thought about him as a defensive star anyway. But, yeah, I, I, I like that they've got him up to that sort of minutes level. But I think that when you take two guys like, for instance, like Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant, that's it's always such a problem for teams because you can't focus defensively on one guy. You can definitely focus defensively on Anthony Davis for sure. You never have to worry about Tyreek Evans out on the perimeter, you know. And he did a, did a pretty good job, seven of twelve. But they still lost overall. They're just not. The, the, are you scared about Alonzo G? Are you worried about Alexis Ajinka? You've got too many holes in that, in that starting roster right now, and they could fix that by starting Ryan Anderson. Okay, so let's dive into this point guard, shooting guard situation because undoubtedly a lot of people out there are faced with this question now. Mm-hmm. Um, Tyreek Evans immediately goes into the starting lineup after not playing one game this season, mm-hmm. 31 minutes. If I was, you know, He was one of the guys I was saying a couple weeks ago, pick him up now, pick him up now, and boom, there you go. If he's, if he's out there on waiver wire, get him up as quick as you can. Pause this podcast, go pick him up replay this podcast and listen to us talk about mr ish smith who mm-hmm. had top 50 value pretty much Any, for this season but he only saw 14 minutes off the bench last night four points one rebound one assist a couple of turnovers can mm-hmm. we stick at a fork in ish smith yep. for as long as drew holiday norris cole and tyreek evans are back on the court mm-hmm. yeah you absolutely can there's too many mouths to feed right now and you could see by the by the sort of depth chart and the minutes shakeout, they they prioritize Norris Cole as a better player that they want more court time for. You know, Joe Holiday has the contract; he's getting paid, and um, you know, uh, he's it looks like they are going to try to pair him with Tyreek Evans, which to me I think makes less sense actually. But but fine if you if that's what you want to <laughs> do. Um, you know, I'd rather have another shooter on the floor like Ryan Anderson or Eric Gordon, uh, for that matter. But you know, Joe Holiday is okay. He went two for four from from three. But yeah. Ish Smith to me is probably droppable in those formats. Yeah, it's sad to say. He's a guy I really like, and I hope that the Pelicans hang on to him. He's a, he cannot stick on uh, a team. It's it's really sad coming from a fantasy perspective because you know we love Ish. I mean, I love Ish Smith from fantasy. He he does amazing things when given the minutes. Um, so let's rank these in terms of players that you should have for the rest of the season, Josh. Um, get your pen and paper out. Basically, it's we're going to say Drew Holiday, Norris Cole, Ish Smith. Tyreek Evans. So I would say, here's what I would say. I would say you need Tyreek Evans, Drew Holiday, Norris Cole, Ish Smith. Is that the correct order? Yes. Yes. Okay. I have the exact order. And, and you know, maybe in, in past years you could debate Holiday or Evans, but at this point, like Holiday isn't even playing today, Wednesday, because he's being rested. He's still on like a soft minutes cap. He saw 26 minutes last night, uh, Tuesday that is, but otherwise he has not played. That was his season high, or no, rather he had seen 27 minutes. So, um, you know, he'll come along eventually, but Tyreek Evans apparently is the man to own in New Orleans. You broke Eric Gordon down already. He was kind of, he's a fringe player to begin with, and his move to the bench certainly makes him ever more on the fringe. I'm not really seeing anything else. What about Mario Chalmers, he's someone that I picked up in a couple leagues, mostly because he helped you out with free throws that started to die off a little bit. He's not attempting 10 free throws like he was when he first got to Memphis, which makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, let's be clear here. I don't know how, like, this was just a part of his game that we didn't even know existed, but he's still going to the line pretty frequently. And let me check his average here, 87%. Going to the line, he's going to the line four times a game. Uh, I, he has actually helped me out in leagues where I have Andre Drummond. Uh, I mean, just a little minuscule amount. But um, are you of the opinion that um, rostering Chalmers to help you with free throw percentage um, is is a solution to rotisserie leagues at this point in the season since we still have 60 games left? No, not if you actually have a legit problem. Because if you have a legit problem like Le- Le- Drummond, you know, you're going to get like uh, out attempted in the free throw line, probably like two or three to one. 
Sure. And that's also for every great performance you get from Mario Thomas, you have to battle three bad ones from uh, Andre Drummond. So you better pro- you're better off probably doing something different, like trying to acquire a high volume ninety percent free throw shooter, or which there's only you know, like two of them out there: James Harden and Kevin Durant. Yeah, or you know somebody in the in the mid eighties, you know, or taking another weak player off your roster who's who's killing you, or punt. You know, you're not going to be able to fix it with Mario Chalmers in my mind. So I'm um, in a league right now, Josh, where I have Drummond and Rondo, and so mm-hmm. and it's a rotisserie league. Unfortunately, it's a dynasty league that I just came into this year. And let me just, I'm not going to win that dynasty league. I can tell you now we've, we've had this debate a few times, but man, you're just head to head leagues. You can get away with it. Punt free throws, but in rotisserie, like I am firmly planted at the bottom of, of free throw percentages. And there's just not a great way for me to mediate that unless I want to get rid of Drummond somehow. If I want to trade him, that's, that's just, if you're faced with that situation, uh, you know, trade him for a future prospect. I've been thinking of maybe trading a straight up. Obviously, there's contracts involved. Andre Drummond straight up for Giannis because Giannis is in a contract in this particular league where I would have him for the next three years before I would lose him. Um, what do you think about that? I would I, do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I think I would. I think I'm going to do that. Uh, I think Giannis still has even more to grow. But rotisserie leagues, Andre Drummond, they don't often get along. No, they don't. This is why, uh, no matter like where he fell, if Andre Drummond was like in the eighth round, I would take him, but only to trade him. You know what I mean? I, I'll, I'll pass on him round after round after round. And the same thing with Ray John Rondo. Too. I knew there was going to be upside with him in Sacramento, yeah. and I know that he was going to get the run. But you don't want to deal with the free throw percentage. So, and which is precisely why I just have a, you know, no bad percentage guy. I know that's not your problem because you inherited the team and stuff like that. But that would be my top priority you can still do it right now it's only what what are we what um about 20 games yeah this pelicans have like played that? 18 grizzlies have played 19 yeah, plenty so plenty of time to turn it around very young very yeah. very young make a move bro yeah you can still get it you're not out of it for sure you know you i know that you've you're you're down at the bottom but you can quickly recover when you uh, subtract those and and add good free throw shooters in return uh, in return and uh Giannis is that guy he's definitely uh, improved his uh his percentages and, and his outside shot this year yeah, we'll see. Uh, maybe I'll keep an update. That is in the Staff Keeper League, so I'm. Um, that's something that Shannon can usually. Um, if you're curious and you know just kind of want to follow along with something like that, a league that we're in, they usually recap it at the beginning of their Friday pod, and it's been really interesting because they make fun of me every single Friday. Um, I inherited the team, guys. Come on, take it easy on me. Anyways, um, final game of the night. Dallas Mavericks win a close one, 115 over the Portland Trailblazers, 112. The Mavericks are somewhat of a surprising 11-8, and eight, where the Trailblazers are 7-12. and 12. No big issues there. Dirk Nowitzki puts up 28 points, 7 rebounds, 6 assists. But Darren Williams, Darren Williams, 30 points, 6 rebounds, 8 assists in 45 minutes. Of course, this one did go into overtime, and Dallas outscored. Portland nineteen to six in just five minutes of play. Darren Williams, somebody, uh, Josh, that you have been using in D- DFS competitions because I yeah. believe his price tag on DraftKings has been six seven thousand dollars for the majority of this season. No, 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 I to do it. no, really. No, so to, he's one of your do boat. not use guys. Yeah, because you know what it is. It's like the point guard position is chock full of elite talent. Okay, and he's not. Darren Williams is not elite talent. And he's not super cheap either because he's a veteran. So people know that the guy's out there. Okay, and um, it's uh, we've gotten to a, a couple of different situations here. Like just for instance, like today on DraftKings, like you, you can go John Wall, Steph Curry, or then you can go all the way down. Um, you know, there at the bottom, you can get Isaiah Cannon against the New York Knicks for fifty four hundred. Uh, you know, Jared Bayless is starting, although not playing well, and it's a bad matchup against San Antonio. So, uh, um, and then you, you, to me, I just trust guys like Brandon Knight and Reggie Jackson in terms of like overall ability more than I do with, with, you know, creaky knees, Darren Williams, uh, this year. So maybe that's the wrong thing to do. Maybe I haven't looking at enough of, of of him because Dallas has played fairly, fairly well, but you know, there's a lot of mouths to feed too, when they all get set and going, I know Chandler Parsons isn't completely ramped up a hundred percent, but now they have Weston Matthews, Dirk Nowitzki is playing like he's 25 for some reason. I can't explain it. Don't (laughs) know why, but yeah, that's just all the reasons why I've just been like, okay, I would rather have I want a pat I want a a volume guy. You know what I mean? So if not going Wall or Curry, I'm like Kemba Walker has played great. You know, Kyle Lowry is a volume guy, Richie Jackson's a volume guy, Brandon Knight has been solid, and then you have um people like Damian Lillard there as well. So he's just never been on my radar of the season for one reason or another. 
Wesley Matthews, 40 minutes last night. He is basically back. I mean, he's completely back. 40 minutes last night, 36, 28, 36, 33, 32. I mean, this is – and the numbers he's putting up are the same numbers he was putting up in Portland. Now, I think people might maybe – poorly making the assumption that he should be performing better than he is but last year in Portland he averaged just under 16 points under four rebounds two assists 1.3 steals 2.9 three-pointers so he's still got a little ways to come on that but 18 points five rebounds and assists two steals three three-pointers that's basically what he's been giving you over the last few years and I would say he's fully back and this is what to expect on a nightly basis not much more not much less yeah, you should have bought low when you had the chance to because right. as long as he got healthy, he was going to be a productive player. And a lot of people were uh, with upset with the minutes at the start. And having said that, in that same vein, I'm buying low on Victor Oladipo, by the way. I still think he's the best player in Orlando. I would too. And, yeah, and so there's, you know, so if you missed the boat on Wes Matthews and you're sort of kicking yourself, go buy low on Victor Oladipo now while he's still coming off the bench. Especially in Dynasty Leagues. DFS might want to hold off a little bit until he moves into the starting lineup. But seasonal leagues, like we said, there's a lot to, there's still a lot to go. Um, looking at this Trailblazers squad, um, Josh, uh, three points combined for Vonley, Aminu, and Plumley. That fo- that front court combined for three points, and the back court, Lillard and McCollum, thirty six combined points. Pretty typical. I mean, you would hope that Plumley, well, all three of those guys should be like creeping into double doubles Von Lee only ended up playing six minutes even though he started Leonard came off the bench for 32 minutes and had 23 points anything that you want to say here a couple quick things before we move into our check stealers um uh for the most part too I think you got what you expected um uh out of the sphere um we're talking about portland correct correct uh, portland. yeah yeah did damon lillard and cj mccallum are my two options like in dfs and season long uh alpha rucamino you know put up an ugly performance but only played 18 minutes that had been actually pretty useful and then myers leonard is that little under the radar guy who finally busted out had a nice performance and ed davis has been pretty useful actually off the bench for 31 minutes so those are the gist of it i'm interested to see what happens with gerald henderson if he's actually going to become a factor here and start scoring more because he came up with 20 points and i've been waiting for that all season and it finally happened so we'll see if that's sort of an aberration or something we can pay attention to aside from that i'm going to probably stick with damon and cj in a, in the majority of my dfs lineups and those are the guys you can trust in portland all right josh we did go a bit long do you want to tease check stealers for next week or yes do you want, okay i agree all right okay. so next week we will give you top five top 10 ish mostly top five biggest check stealers in nba history um uh, just here's a teaser a guy with the initials of ga will probably be on that list um otherwise tune in next week to hear that um yeah any any you want to give your own teaser yeah you know what for me Jerome James, five years at $30 million in 2005, which doesn't sound crazy now, but at the time was a huge contract. Um, could be in the top five, could not be in the top five. All you right. decide. There we go. A couple quick notes before we get out of here, Josh. If you'd like to try out rotowire.com for free, you can certainly do that by going to rotowire.com forward slash pod that's pod obviously it's a subscription-based website but we have an incredible amount of content to get you ready for your season-long leagues which you've already been in of course dfs DraftKings, of course we have amazing amount of content so check that out for free 10 days rotowire.com forward slash pod DraftKings. i know i'll be playing tonight josh i'm sure you play pretty much every day and of course um, be a part of all the action at draftkings.com it's the official daily fantasy basketball partner of rotowire you don't need to mess around with you know mess around with micromanaging your roster if you you know have Victor Oladipo and you're feeling a little sad about that, go play some DFS on DraftKings tonight and don't use Oladipo. Um, that's promo code ROTOHOOPS at DraftKings.com for a free uh, first entry deposit. Any last words from the man with the new daughter? Um, over, under, on the number of Knicks in the top 15 on this list, on this check <laughs> what do you What do you think it is? 14 and a half. <laughs> 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 a lot of well, you know, you're, you're not. That I would far say, I would right. say, um, four and a half. 
You're so close. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot, man. I was like, whoa. Uh, whoa. Right. We're going to get this list ready. We're going to present it next week on the Wednesday podcast. But of, co- of course, Josh, you'll be back Monday and I will be back Tuesday. But we're going to save the check stealing podcast for exactly one week from now. Otherwise, look forward to that. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Rotowire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.